0: Hello everyone, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. And Last time we were talking about a fascinating story of a gentleman named Harry, who was a pompous psychiatrist, and he wanted to find the three secrets of happiness. So he went to the mountaintop and met a mystical man named Tanaka, a martial arts master who put him in his place, and started to teach him the three secrets of happiness. So we're going to continue now. Looking at Harry in the eyes, Tanaka said, Harry, there are certain special keys or secrets to happiness. I have found them. In fact, to make it simple for you, I will tell you about the three secrets of happiness. Why only three? asked Harry. I don't know why. Maybe there are 300. But I don't think so. In all of my life, both on this earth and in my spiritual intuition, I have found three absolute and irrevocable keys or secrets to achieving happiness in life. But before I tell you what they are, I must first explain something very important to you. Realize this, Harry. To discover what happiness is, you must first learn what happiness is not. What do you mean? asked Harry, somewhat puzzled. Tanaka elaborated further. Many people focus on the things they must have in life before they consider themselves to be happy. Ambition, money, material possessions. Love, sex, approval, fame, power, friends, relationships, religion, family, health, beauty, youth. The list goes on and on. They mistakenly focus on the external conditions for their happiness, on the things they believe they must have, or on the conditions they think they must fulfill, before they can be happy. Unfortunately, attaining these things doesn't actually bring them any closer to happiness, even though they keep hoping it will. But isn't the way to reach happiness by achieving your goals and dreams, asked Harry. It seems like that would be the way, but it isn't, said Tanaka. You see, happiness does not consist of what you can get, but of what you can get rid of. Happiness begins with the words, is not. You must first find what happiness is not before you can discover what happiness is. You must first find and delete the things that don't make you happy. The outer circumstances and inner elements, thoughts and feelings that make you unhappy before you can attract the true essence, the beautiful nectar of happiness. I kind of understand, said Harry. Kind of understand is not good enough, said Tanaka in a mild rebuke. You must understand fully. I'll give you an example. Have you ever been in a bad relationship? Harry thought back to his two ex-wives. The term bad was an understatement. There was fighting, disrespect, and cheating in his previous marriages. Yes, said Harry. Harry, There is a universal truth about relationships, said Tanaka. The more you cling to a bad relationship, the less likely you are to ever have a good one. People rarely change. You already know that from your past experiences. If a relationship is lousy from the beginning, it is likely to stay that way to the end, whether it lasts one year, ten years, or a lifetime. So now you have a choice to make. Do you want a fantastic relationship or a lousy one? If you want the great relationship, you must first completely eliminate the bad relationship You need to leave that incompatible person before you waste any more of your life on something that just doesn't work. Once you do that, you will open up a space in the universe for the right person to come into your life, for the ideal relationship to be drawn to you, naturally and effortlessly. That's the way it is, Harry. Get rid of what makes you unhappy to get what makes you happy. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it makes perfect sense, said Harry, finally realizing what Tanaka was trying to tell him. Now listen to me closely, Harry because it's time for us to begin the true lessons of life. What I'm going to teach you is unlike anything you've ever learned in medical school or in your practice, or from reading your endless books and journals. What I'm about to show you are the real secrets of happiness from a universal and eternal perspective. These are the time-honored traditions and secrets that have been passed down from grandparent to parent to child. Are you ready to learn, asked Tanaka with bright and shining eyes, to transfer for a brief moment all the love and wisdom he had in his mind into the mind of his new student, Harry. Yes, teacher, replied Harry, mesmerized by the shining eyes. The first secret, gratitude. Then I picked up a pair and asked Harry, what is this? A pair, replied Harry. No, idiot. You call me idiot again. I didn't call you an idiot, Harry. I used the word idiot. A word has nothing to do with the real you. It is only made up of letters. A man-made creation. There are no words in the ultimate end of life. The only reason you reacted with anger is that you associated yourself, your value, and self-esteem with that word. You believed that I was calling the essential you an idiot, that I was devaluing you in some way, making you seem inferior. In reality, I wasn't devaluing you because in the higher sense, there is no you to devalue. The real you is something higher than a word, a label, or a concept. I know what you're getting at, said Harry, as he felt his confidence rising again. Was well read in the areas of esoteric philosophy and semantics. He could argue with the best of them. You're talking about me being part of some sort of cosmic consciousness, where I'm part of the whole of humanity, so I become egoless. Is that what you're talking about? Not quite, Harry said Tanaka, as he sensed that Harry wanted to engage him in a petty verbal battle. When will he learn? Thought Tanaka. Now is the time. Words will always fail you, my friend," continued Tanaka. Words only carry part of the truth. Yes, there is such a thing as a higher or universal sense of self It goes beyond your very limited ego, which you call yourself. But you can't define it with mere words. You see, the verbal concepts you have in your mind, the ones you've learned from books, have very little to do with this ultimate self, the superior mind. But if you could describe it with mere words, Harry, let's say that this would be an incredibly beautiful, exalted nature, higher state of thinking and feeling that would move you from an I to a we mentality integrating deep within you the collective love and passion of God and every being on earth, making you whole, unified, and free, keeping you safe from insults, attacks, and criticisms of any kind. As Tanaka spoke, he could see that Harry was drifting into deep thought, relaxing his mind, opening it up to new possibilities. This was good thought, Tanaka. I could go on for hours on this topic, continued Tanaka, but that is a lecture for another day. Let's proceed now with the truth of today's lesson. You asked me about the secrets of happiness, and I said there are three. I will start with the first secret, gratitude. Gratitude is the feeling of overabundance in the present moment. It is expressing a feeling of thankfulness for all that God has provided, not just to you, but to everyone and everything around you. When I asked you what was in my hand, you said, Pear, and you were only half right. It is actually a gift from the universe, a miracle from God. Blessing to us at this very moment—a pair, sustenance, food, life—and it's all ours right now. I know feeling grateful is important for happiness," said Harry. But it's often so hard to do. I worry endlessly about many things: my practice, my lover, my children, my friends. I feel overwhelmed most of the time. Many times I can't seem to enjoy my life, although I'm very financially successful. Many would say I'm also quite successful in my personal life as well. Harry couldn't quite believe how open he was being with Tanaka. He was rarely that open with anyone. Even his lover, Jane, often struggled to get Harry to communicate the things he held deep inside. But Tanaka's gentle and accepting ways made Harry feel like he could say anything. Harry knew he could speak from the heart in Tanaka's presence. Harry, I know exactly what you're feeling, you're thinking, said Tanaka, as he paused for a moment, softly stroking his long flowing hair. That's precisely why gratitude is so important. It brings us back to the present moment. You see, many of us don't live in the now. We live in constant expectation and worry about the future. We live in the disappointments and regrets of the past. In the meantime, we forget the sweet pleasure, the wonderful sensations of the present moment. Yes, I understand what you're saying, said Harry, as he took in a deep breath of fresh air and enjoyed the warm sun on his skin. I've read the popular books on living in the now. It's a great idea, and it sounds wonderful on paper, living in the now seems like such a difficult thing to do in the real world of problems, deadlines, and time pressures. It's not difficult at all, Harry. People just seem to make it that way. Try this. Look around here, in my garden right now. Find something you like, something you find appealing, no matter how small or seemingly insignificant it may be. Go ahead, let your eyes wander, and tell me what you have found. Harry looked around and found an interestingly shaped rock with a pretty color that he liked. This rock here, I like the way it looks, said Harry. Good," said it, please, Tanaka. Now thank the rock for being in your life. Go ahead, thank it. Harry felt silly doing this. Come on, I can't talk to a rock. If I do, I'll be as crazy as you are, and then I'll lose my license to practice medicine. I'm only joking, Tanaka. Don't take me seriously. Why should I take you seriously? Asked Tanaka with a twinkle in his eye. You already take yourself too seriously as it is. Now, Harry, give yourself permission to act a little crazy once in a while. Think about some of the great people who have been called crazy in our world. Einstein, Edison, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Madame Curie, Lawrence Nightingale, Martin Luther King. They all thought differently, and some people at the time thought they were crazy or weird, but look at how much they contributed to the world. So Harry, be a little crazy now, and thank that rock. Okay, thank you, rock, said Harry, without much conviction at all. He wasn't fooling anyone, and he knew it. No, you're not really being grateful, Golda Tanaka. You're not putting any real effort into this. You didn't even look the rock in the eye. What? Are you kidding me? Rocks don't have eyes. How do you know? In its own way, maybe it does. Maybe it can see right through you. Yeah, and now you're going to tell me that rocks are real beings. Is that what you think? Of course they're real, said Tanaka emphatically. That rock you're holding in your hand right now is real. It was put here by God's touch, God's hand, on this earth for this very moment you would pick it up and act like a jackass when I asked you to be grateful for it. How much realer can that get? You're serious, aren't you? asked Harry. In many ways, Harry still considered himself a skeptic. But he also recognized that there was much about the universe he didn't yet understand. Perhaps Tanaka had hidden truths that could change Harry's life. Maybe it was about time Harry started listening. Tanaka sensed Harry's doubts, but he also saw Harry's relentless inner drive for true knowledge. For personal freedom. Then I could continue the lesson. Yes, Harry, I'm very serious when it comes to gratitude. It's Very important to us. We were brought into this life to enjoy all of God's creations and to experience the great joy of gratitude. Now try again, Harry. Thank that rock for being here. Feel the gratitude. This time, really feel it. This time, Harry looked at the rock differently. He saw it as an offspring of the life force, the energy of God. He picked up the rock, gingerly, lovingly, and spoke to it with real emotion. Thank you, Rock, for being in my life. You look very pretty to me. You give me pleasure. And you know what? Right now I have a strong desire to kiss you, Rock. Harry actually gave the rock a kiss and turned to Tanaka. You know, Tanaka, I realize this may look foolish, but I kind of like this rock. I'm really feeling grateful for its presence in my life. Harry, you are kind of crazy, said Tanaka as he slowly shook his head. I didn't tell you to kiss a rock. It's dirty. That's really disgusting. But you told me. Tanaka interrupted him with booming laughter. (laughs) Again, you're taking things too seriously, my friend. Yes, it's wonderful that you felt grateful for the rock and that you wanted to kiss the rock. You want to make love with it too? Don't be ridiculous, said Harry, as his face started flushing. I don't. Let's be clear about this, explained Tanaka intently. Making love is not simply a physical act between two human beings. You can also make love to the world, not with your sex organs, but with your head, with your heart, with your soul. Look at that gorgeous bird over there, perched high up on that tree with those beautiful feathers. How majestic and serene. I make love to that bird with your heart right now. See yourself joining with that bird as it flies into the sky and you fly with it. Yes, I can see that. I can imagine that, replied Harry. You really could imagine it, and it felt good. And look further out, Harry. Look at the expanse of that beautiful blue sky. Use your imagination now. Make love with that endless sky. Wrap your lips and your arms around that great big blue sky and say, I love you, big blue sky. I love you, big blue sky, said Harry, really feeling love for the sky, for the trees, for the birds, and even for the dirty rock he had just kissed. He still felt a little bit strange, but he was becoming more comfortable with being grateful for everything around him. Now, Harry, think about this. If you just felt love toward these inanimate objects and animals, imagine how much more love and gratitude you can express for your fellow human beings, for all the loved ones in your life, and for everyone else on this grand earth of ours. And imagine how grateful you can feel for all the wonderful things you have right now clothes, food, shelter, money, possessions, career, and relationships. Your health, your breath, even your very life. How much more gratitude can you feel? Harry was suddenly overcome by a wave of gratitude and love as he pictured all the things he was truly grateful for. An amazing woman in his life, his two beautiful children, his loyal friends, his patients, his successful psychiatry practice, his relatively good health, his outstanding financial status, his home, his cars, his yearly Caribbean vacations, his articles and books, all the people he's helped and touched over the years. Tears of gratitude filled Harry's eyes. Yes, I am grateful, teacher. I see what gratitude truly is. It is living in the now, in the present moment. Having a sincere appreciation and deep caring for all living things, for all non-living entities. For all the wonder, love, and passion that human beings can experience on this earth. For having the greatest gift of all, life. Yes, my son, you have truly learned the first gift of life, gratitude. Practice this key constantly. It is yours to enjoy. With gratitude your heart fills to the brim every day. You live in the present moment. You are thankful for everything you experience, even for the irritating and bothersome aspects of life. It's important to be grateful for the good things in life, Harry. But it's equally important to be grateful for the so-called bad things. That's really where you strengthen and perfect your gratitude. When you're grateful for the things you normally find annoying and unpleasant. Start today, Harry. Be grateful for that traffic jam, because it gives you extra time to listen to music, meditate, think, or pray. Be grateful for that rude and inconsiderate person because he or she gives you the opportunity to practice the higher principles of patience and tolerance. Every rude or obnoxious remark from that person is another reminder of how not to be. The rude person shows you how to be kind. The pushy person teaches you how to be gentle. Gratitude is really simple to practice. All you have to do is be grateful for everything that happens to you, whether you call it important or unimportant, good or bad. Gratitude covers all. To help you become even more grateful, try the following. Each morning as you wake up, repeat the following words. Say them out loud. I am grateful for my breath, for my life. I am grateful for this day. I am grateful for all that I have experienced, for all that I will experience. I am grateful for those I love because true love keeps growing and growing. I am grateful for those I hate because they teach me compassion and forgiveness. I am grateful for all of my successes today, for they are my inheritance from God. I am grateful for all of my failures today because they are the universe's way of keeping me humble, so that when I do experience ultimate success and triumph, I will appreciate it even more. Make up your own phrases, Harry, remember to be grateful for everything that happens to you, everything you experience, whether you call it good or bad. It doesn't matter what you call it. Gratitude doesn't discriminate between things. It doesn't distinguish between events. It is a pure, flowing feeling of joy, peace, love, serenity, and excitement all wrapped up in one delicious package, gratitude. With gratitude in your heart, you will never lose. So, love you, Russia students. This is our first secret of the week, the story of the three secrets of happiness. To be grateful means that you give thanks for everything that comes to you from outside you, whether it comes from your loved ones, your friends, acquaintances, perhaps even strangers. You're on the side of the road, broken down with no cell phone service. Someone comes to help you out of nowhere, and then they disappear like an angel. And, of course, you can give thanks to your higher nature, whether you call it God, spirit, or nature. They can help heal you, rescue you, and give you the great benefits of life. And research shows that people who keep a gratitude journal, write three things they're grateful about every day, have 40% better sleep and 30% less depression. So, love you, University students. Try it this week. Every day, take out a piece of paper or a notebook, and write down three things you're grateful for, whether it's your family, your friends, your body, your financial situation, your career, everything around you, nature, and even your very life. This will raise your mood and also help you realize that you have great potential to achieve anything you want in life. So, love your students, if you want to be on a future show, if you want to come on today's show, we have a show idea. You can reach us at 310 226 8090. You can visit us at loveuniversity.love. You can write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. You can download the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at loveuniversitypodcast. And also follow us on Twitter at loveuniversitypodcast. You can also pick up a copy of the book, The Fish of Happiness, at amazon.com. A slim but also very inspirational book that we're talking about. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. Go out this week and have a grateful week. Practice the first secret of gratitude and your life will be uplifted and your love will be very deep. Put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. Class is now dismissed.